Good morning. It's good to see you this morning, and it's good to worship with you. Uh, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. Uh, when your your pastor called me and asked if I would fill in for him this morning, I always ask now, is there anything you want me to preach about? And uh, uh, he said, whatever, the, whatever God lays on your heart. He told me a little bit about what you guys are going to uh, be going over in the in the near future, uh, but he said, whatever God has laid on your heart, I'm clear that God has laid this passage on my heart. So we'll be in Colossians, and I always uh, know it by the acronym, Go Eat Popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Go Eat Popcorn, so uh, this will be the C. Um, look what it says in, in verse one, chapter one. We're going to be in chapter one. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, that means a sent one, one is sent of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He says, I didn't send myself, it was the will of God. And Timotheus, or Timothy, our brother, our brother in Christ, look at verse two, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. So to the saints, uh, those saved people, those Christians, and faithful brethren, uh, that uh, implies that there were some Christians that were not faithful. And so uh, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the emphasis on Jesus Christ that we sang about this morning, and Lord, we pray once again, it's already been prayed this morning, we know that your perfect will is done in heaven. We know that. And Lord, you teach us to pray that your perfect will would be done right here, right here in our lives. May that be so. Lord, would you bless our time together? Uh, would you bless uh, the preaching of your word? Help me to just get out of the way and you do the work, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, interesting, uh, is just so you know, uh, I have had no contact with these men uh, over the last few days, but I've entitled the message, In Christ Alone. I know most of the, the, the singing this morning has been centered around that context. As a matter of fact, one of the songs was in Christ alone. I thought that was interesting. Um, we're going to look at a brief history of Colossae, a real brief history in just a moment. And we're going to see how that first century, we're reading about the, uh, the first century church here. Uh, Paul uh, died and was martyred in somewhere around A.D. 69. Jesus has already been, has already died and resurrected been resurrected by this time, but we're dealing with the first century church, and we're going to see that uh, that first century environment was much like the environment uh, in which we're in. Uh, there was a lot of religious mixing. Uh, in other words, uh, a lot of uh, from different religions trying to creep into the church, a lot of the world trying to creep into the church during that first century. They were facing a lot, of, a lot of the things that we're facing. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded of Ephesians 
where it says we war not or we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so we're in a battle today. They were in a battle back then during that first century church, a real battle, and it was spiritual. Uh, as a matter of fact, that passage I just read says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means it's all spiritual, played out in the flesh. And so uh, uh, we're in a battle today, and we need the full armor of God, the whole armor of God. And what we need to know is this, is whatever problem, whatever situation we're facing, Jesus is the answer. Jesus alone is the answer. And what was trying to, the the mixing that was trying to creep into the Colossae church, the Colossian church, was Jesus and something else. It was, it was, you need, you might need Jesus, but you need this too. And that's incorrect. It's Christ alone. He's the answer to whatever's, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. So now as we look at Colossians, we're going to look at three things in the context of chapter 1. Uh, for the first thing we're going to look at is that for sincere, uh, one of the key marks of a sincere, faithful Christian, what's mentioned in verse 2, uh, is that they are faithful to the Lord in their daily lives. They're faithful. The second thing we're going to look at is that in life, we really only have two choices. That's it. It's God's way or the wrong way. That's it. We have two choices. And then the last thing we're going to look at in the context of chapter 1 is that Jesus is before all things. And that's in the context of creation. We're going to see that here in just a moment. He's before all things. He's more important than all things and before all things in time. So we're going to see that here in just a moment. Let's look at the first one, a key mark. If you're keeping notes, a key mark of sincere Christians is that they are serious about being faithful to the Lord in their daily lives. They're serious about that. And let's do a little review. Colossae was in Asia Minor, and uh, that's that big area, uh, uh, that big landmass that juts out. Uh, Ephesus was on that. Uh, But Colossae was what I would call a considerable city. It was one of One of three, there was kind of a triad of cities there, Laodicea, another one called Heropolis, and here we have uh, Colossae. And uh, as far as we can tell, uh, many scholars believe that Paul did not establish this church. As a matter of fact, we think that he had had never even been there, and we get that from chapter 2, verse 1. And so we believe that possibly there's a big, a great, possibility that he had never even seen these people. And so, uh, uh, but how did they come to hear about Jesus? And that goes back to Acts chapter 19, and I believe it's down about verse 10 where it says that Paul was in Ephesus, and he preached there for two years, and it says all of Asia heard 
the word of God. And so uh, maybe someone, and what we think is this fellow that's mentioned in chapter 1, Epaphras, was there possibly, and he heard, and he is possibly the pastor of this church. And the church is in trouble. Uh, the church is, uh, there, there's, there's a mixture of, of different religions trying to get in. Uh, there's, the, if, you were to, if we were to go on into chapter 2, you'd see that there, there was this one group trying to get them to worship angels. And then there's another group that says, okay, we're going we're gonna to worship this legalism, this Jewish legalism. Okay, we got to uh, do things this, this certain way, and, and there's all kinds of things. There were some of them that uh, were saying, well, uh, Jesus was not all God. And so it was all kinds of things. It was just, it was, it was uh, a mixture of things. And, but there was this group of Christians that were faithful. And God, uh, through Paul, was encouraging them. Satan had a stronghold there. Uh, but Paul emphasized, you could see it. Let's just look across at, at chapter 2, verse 10. Let's just uh, turn over there to that same book. Paul says, and ye, talking about Jesus, he says, and ye are complete in him. Now, that's a key verse in Scripture. See, these people were, were alive. They were Christians. And he says, right now, you are complete in him. So the message I bring to you this morning is if you have received Jesus as your Savior, you are right now complete in him. He is the answer. It's Jesus. And so now let's talk about being faithful. Let's talk about being faithful because that's what verse 2 is all about. That word faithful in Scripture, in in the original language you might say in the Greek uh, is one who trusts God's promises that's what these people did one who trusts God's promises one who is convinced that Jesus has been raised from the dead they know that they know that they know Jesus has been raised from the dead do you believe that he's been raised from the dead see that's a faithful one who has become convinced that Jesus is the Messiah and the author of salvation. It's one that can be relied on. Are you that kind of person? Do you believe with all your heart? So there was a group there that did. And Paul says, this, this letter's to you. He's writing that letter to encourage them. Now, there were saints, and they were holding they were holding on to Jesus as the only source of they, they as the only source of salvation. They were steadfast, and you see that down. That word is mentioned down about verse five of chapter two. You'll see the word steadfast. That's a good word. They are standing steady, and the battle is ferocious. Now I'm kind of making it sound trite. The battle was ferocious at Colossae. Satan had a stronghold, and he was coming against them. Uh, the environment in which we live, uh, where we find ourselves today in uh, the United States of America, it's a ferocious battle uh, to stand, to, to be steadfast in what we believe concerning Jesus Christ. Just hold on. And so, uh, uh, you know, and I, I, I had written this down 
I just I thought of this as I was preparing. You know, uh, the young people. There were some young people here, and and I want to encourage you to stand fast. You know, I have six children, and you know, to go back and to try to re-raise young people. It's a tough thing during this this time in which we live. It's a ferocious battle, and so uh, you know, I, I was I was thinking about that group of young people. Because oftentimes that's where the action is, is with the young people. Oftentimes that's it. But it was back in the early 1800s. I think it was like 1806, something like that. And a group of college students up in the, our, our northeast, uh, up in uh, a part of Massachusetts, maybe Cambridge or something like that, uh, in the midst of a rainstorm, there's a group of young people that... Uh, uh, they they got underneath a, a haystack, a, 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 some hay, and took refuge. And uh, an amazing thing happened. But this was this group of young people back in, we'll say 1806, up in Massachusetts, called the Haystack Prayer Meeting. Or the, uh, that's, that's what this is called. They uh, sought refuge, and underneath that haystack, they devoted themselves to God. That no matter what it takes, they're going to worship God. Out of that little haystack prayer meeting, that little group of young people that were so devoted, so faithful to God, grew what we call our modern-day missions, modern-day foreign missions. These people were, you'd recognize some of those names if I, if I had uh, read them to you. But it was a group of young people that said, we're going to be faithful to our Lord. And God used them in a, in a major way. So this morning, the question is, individually, and I had to ask myself this, Craig, are you being faithful to our Lord in your daily life? Are you being faithful uh, from can to can't, from the time you get up to the time you lay your head down? Are you being faithful? Uh, it's the idea of being so convinced about the exclusiveness of our salvation being in Christ, that we point others to Him. Those around us, those in our circle of, of friends or uh, our circle of family. So the first thing, the first item in the context of chapter 1 of Colossians this morning is a challenge to be faithful. Uh, you say, well, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. Well, let 2019, may 2019 be the year that we step up even more to be faithful to our Lord. Now let's talk about something else here. Look down at verse 8. It says, talking about Jesus, it says, who also is talking about Epaphras, the preacher, but then in relation to Christ. Paul is talking, he says, Let's go ahead and read verse 7. As ye also learned of Epaphras, the preacher, that's who we believe is the preacher, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. Now, these people were faithful, they, and they had a love for others. But look down at verse 9. That's the verse that I really want to emphasize on this second point. It says, For this cause... We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled 
with the knowledge of his will in all. I want to emphasize that word all. All wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a key verse. Paul says, for this cause. We heard about your faithfulness. We heard about your love. And for this cause, I am praying for you, he's telling them, that you will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now listen, a few years ago, I went through the, the, this has been just in the recent years, I was at a time where, okay, I'm in between studies and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Colossians. And so I began to read it and, and, uh, and I'm kind of a slow reader, okay? Uh, no kidding. I, I, I'm as far, I can read really fast, but to read it and then understand it, I have to just dissect it. And I thought, okay, well, that was good. And I thought, i got to read that again. And I read it, and then I read it again, and I read it, and things began to jump out at me. And this was the first thing that jumped out at me. Paul says, for this cause, verse 9, I heard about your faithfulness, your love. For this cause, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm praying for you that you will be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And I, I knew that, Craig, you, that needs to be how you pray. One of the things that you pray for your family, for each other, I begin to pray that for my children, my grandchildren. I've got 11 grandchildren. I begin to pray that for my, my uh, wife. Now listen, a few years ago, I think it was back in 15, I looked back to see, uh, I, I preached a semblance of what I'm about to tell you right here in, from this pulpit. But there are, the Bible teaches that there are three levels of wisdom. Three levels of wisdom. Extremely important. The first level is knowledge. Knowledge. Okay? Maybe uh, being able to, you know, we read this and, and all, and, and we might, we know it, but we don't really know it. You know what I'm saying? Might read the book of, uh, the, the book of Jonah. And, okay, we know that story. But then there's that next level of wisdom, which is understanding. And here's the thing. That as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in us. He wrote this, and he wants us to understand it. And so as we study it and we're sincere about it, now the book of Proverbs really emphasizes it's got to be like you're on a treasure hunt. You read chapter 2 of Proverbs, and you'll see that. And we pray, God, help me to understand what I'm reading and that's where the understanding comes in. It's from the Holy Spirit. But see, that's not wisdom. And this is crucial that we understand this. That's not wisdom. And a lot of people think it is. That, okay, I understand it. Man, wise man. No. Because, see, I can understand what God says and not do it. And that's foolishness. That's stupidity, right? Amen? So true wisdom, as far as God's definition, is to have the knowledge 
and pray, God, help me to understand. And the Holy Spirit begins to give us that understanding. Whatever passage it is, then we're at a point of choice. And it is always a choice. Always. And so we have a choice. Okay, am I going to do what God says? Or, like too many times in my life, I said, that way looks a little hard. I believe I'll kind of go this way a little bit. I've done that before. But see, wisdom from God is to have the knowledge, the understanding, and then take the step of faith and say, Lord, I know this is the direction you want me to go, whether it's loving your neighbor or, or whatever that might be. So what we have to understand is, is that from Scripture, and that theme runs all through Scripture. It's heavily pronounced in Proverbs, but here it is again. Paul says, my prayer for you is that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, that this would be in you, and that you would be so knowledgeable of God's will in all wisdom and understanding. A spiritual understanding. Do you see that? In, uh, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's praying that they would make the choice, that they would choose whatever, whatever decision they're facing, whatever situation it is, that they would choose based on the spiritual understanding that God had given them. That's what we should pray for each other concerning the knowledge of His will. That they would choose based on the spiritual understanding that the Holy Spirit had given them based on the knowledge of His will. And Paul is praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of His will. So I begin to pray that for my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. I don't have any of those yet. My great-great-grandchildren, those that I probably will not see this side of eternity or this uh, on, on earth. But Lord, fill them with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, that theme goes all the way through. As a matter of fact, it's always been about a choice. See, in the Garden of Eden, God said, look, you can eat of any tree you want, any one of them except one. And interestingly, it's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's always been a choice. See, they understood that. Now, that didn't, give them, that, that didn't make them wise that they understood that. The wisdom came when they decided we're going to obey. I believe that was why that tree was there. Because every time they saw that tree, it was a reminder, we need to obey God. See, we need to get our knowledge from God, not from someplace else about evil. And God, God doesn't want us to, exp uh, we, we don't have to experience, well, I need to experience a little bit of that. No, we get it from God. That's where our knowledge comes from. And, in, you know, remember that in Proverbs, write this down. This is a key. This is a key. 
in Proverbs, and I think it's Proverbs chapter 3, and it's down about verse 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. And it says this, regarding understanding and wisdom, regarding those, those twins or those sisters, those two things, understanding and wisdom, God, through Solomon, says this. To have those two together is more valuable than fine gold. As a matter of fact, he goes on. I think it's verse 15 of chapter 3. He says that it's more valuable than anything you can desire. So in God's eyes, what is valuable, more valuable than anything? It is when you and I say, Lord... You've given me this understanding. It's hard. It looks difficult. That direction, that choice, whatever, whatever choice it is, it's always a choice. That's what God, God likes that. But Lord, even though it's difficult and I don't understand how all this is going to work out, I'm going to choose your way. Scripture says that is more valuable in the sight of God than anything you and I can desire. So the first thing this morning, is, are you faithful? Are you faithful in as a Christian? Because many aren't. But are you faithful from the time the day starts to the end? One of the key ways to be faithful is to choose correctly because it's always about a choice. Always. It's always a choice. Let's look at the last thing. Skip on down to, uh, to verse 14. This is talking about Jesus. So we're in the context of chapter 1. It's really, context is everything in Scripture. You know, I can take a verse out of a portion of Scripture and out of context and make it mean anything. But in the context of chapter 1, talking about Jesus in verse 14, you can see that in relation to verse 13. But it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. That means firstborn in time. It's not, a, it's not regarding, uh, uh, it's not a reference to the fact that, it's not a reference to his origin. In other words, he's always existed, and Paul proves that. It's a reference to his importance. Look at verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Look at this. All things were created by him and for him. That's talking about Jesus. Look at verse 17. And he is before all things. There it is again. He is before all things. And by him, all things consist. One of the things we need to know is in verse 16, that's really a reference to angels. When you see it worded like that where it says uh, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, that's, that's a reference to the division of angels. He says he's over them. He's over them. And then 
Paul, Paul emphasizes in verse uh, 17 that he is before all things, that he created all things. The solar system, the molecules of our bodies, uh, anything else that you face, I face, he, he's before all that. He holds everything together. So these false teachings we're trying to, uh, that, that were uh, trying to infiltrate the Colossian church, it was, they were an attempt or they were attempts to undermine Jesus Christ. And Paul, I'm telling you, Paul was so good at this. Paul eloquently says, look, Jesus is the Savior, but not only the Savior, he's the Creator. That's what he's saying in these verses. He is the creator. If we were to look at John 1, and we, you don't have to turn there right now. You might write it down. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and it says the word was God. And the word, you remember, the word is a reference to Jesus. And it goes on down there in John chapter 1, and it says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. That's Jesus. So, but in that whole thing, I don't know, down about verse 2, verse 3, John says, and all things were created by him. Now, that's important. But I want to I take you to a place where uh, John said, Jesus used, the Holy Spirit used John to write something else. Let's go over to Revelation. I want to show you this. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. This is being, uh, this is one of, the, one of the things that's being praised about our Lord in heaven. Maybe even right now as we, as we worship together. The 24 elders are saying this. Look at verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord. That's talking about Jesus. To it's talking about the Lamb that we sang about this morning. To receive glory and honor and power. Look at this now. Don't miss this. For thou hast created all things. And look at this. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. See that? See, God didn't create you and I because of some deficiency. John says it's for your good pleasure that they were and are created. See, why are we created? Not because God had some deficiency or was missing something. He created us because He loves us. He wants us. So, number one, are we faithful? Now, see, I had asked myself this as I was preparing this sermon. Are we faithful? Are we, are we faithful from cover to cover? One of the key ways to be faithful, because faithfulness and obedience are really linked up. 
Are we being obedient to Him? Are we choosing? Are we uh, not just getting to the understanding level, but are we taking that step of faith in our choices? It's always a choice. Now, how might that look? How might that look? Well, when we wake up of a morning, because sometimes I have this problem, <laughs> wake up of a morning, and the first thing I start thinking about is, oh, no, i got to, okay, i got to do this today, and now I start running down the list, and and, uh, and i got to meet with this person, or i got to, uh, and all of a sudden I'm thinking about my day and worried about my day, and I'm dreading my day. And regardless of what's going to go on in my day, reality is this, that that day belongs to God. It's His day. Every day. So it would look a lot better if the first thing I did when I rolled out of bed or when I'm laying there when I first wake up is I begin to pray or, or get into His Word. Now, you may say, well, that sounds like a real good idea. I believe I'll try that in the morning. And let me tell you, all kinds of temptation is going to come at you. Well, I'm too tired. I believe I'll roll over and get my phone because this is what I do sometimes. And, oh, let's look at the news. And all of a sudden you're reading instead of giving that time to God. Here's what I began to do. This has really helped me. And I'm, I, I'm, I still have trouble with it. But if I wake up early, let's say 3 o'clock in the morning, I take it as a wake-up call from God. That's hard to do. It's hard to pull myself out of bed and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to get into your word right now. See, you got a choice. It's always a choice. Okay, I can roll over and look at my phone and let's read the news or I can get into God's word. So being faithful, choosing his way, and then remembering that He loves us. He is the Creator. And there's purpose behind that creation. It's purpose by He created us for Him. Not because He had deficiency. Now, we're done. But I want to close with something else here. Go back to Colossians. Look at Colossians. And we'll close with this. So remember the three things. Us being faithful. It's always a choice. I believe this is a message that I was supposed to bring to you. I believe that with all my heart. And regardless of what situation you're going through, what difficulty in a, in a congregation this size, there's likely all kinds of situations going on. But God knows you. And he created you and me for him. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. You've created all things, and for your pleasure you created them. That's why he did it. Look with me, if you would, over at chapter 1 again. Look at verse 14. This word really stuck out to me. It says in verse 14, talking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption. In whom we have redemption. I'm almost done. In whom we have redemption. Now let me ask you this. 
To redeem means a price was paid. You got it? Let me ask you this. To whom? Now, Jesus paid the price. But to whom was the price paid? To whom was the price paid? Have you ever thought of that? We know Jesus paid the price. Now, was it paid to Satan? I don't think our Lord would ever strike a deal, nor should we strike a deal with Satan, with the devil. With the, that word Satan means enemy. He would never strike a deal with the enemy, with Satan. See, the price was paid to God the Father. God the Son paid the price. This is what the Bible teaches. The price to God the Father. Because, now listen to this. It's, this is essential. This is a part of the message, maybe even the most important part that I knew I was supposed to bring to you today. Only God could demand such a high price. Only God. See, the, the price, the sacrifice, had to be perfect, entirely perfect, no sin, ever. Only God is perfect, right? One of the teachings, or one of the false teachings that was trying to creep into the church at Colossae was that Jesus was not all God. That was one of the false teachings that they were fighting against. But the Bible teaches that, that Jesus was God all the time. As a matter of fact, Paul even takes uh, time in what we just read that Jesus goes all the way back. He's eternal. He's before all things. Remember us reading that? And all, he created all things. So the sacrifice had to be perfect. And only God is perfect. Paul eloquently uh, states that and shows that Jesus is God. But you had to kill him. The sacrifice had to die. And you can't kill God. That's where man comes in. And that's why, that's the whole purpose why he was born of a virgin and walked this earth as a man. Because you can kill man, but you can't kill God. You see, only Jesus, he's the only one that fits that description. The only one. And that's why the night before he died, in that garden, he said, he's sweating blood. He said, Father, if there is any other way, he knew what was coming. Let this cup pass from me. Let this be done some other way. But the Father was totally silent because there was no other way. Only Jesus, Christ alone, that's what we sing about. Now, this is important because you and I being faithful 
to him. Young person being faithful to him when everybody else is not. You being faithful, faithful to your Lord. Choosing right, choosing his way. The Holy Spirit gives us that understanding. We go to the next level of wisdom. Take that step of faith. It's so integrated and tied together. See, that's what, that's what God wants. And realizing that, that our Lord created us because He loves us. So, that person, whoever it is, if you're sitting in here this morning and you're thinking, you know, tomorrow I'm going to be around this person at work and I just I have a hard time with them or, or maybe you're sitting right next to the person you have a hard time with. Remember this, that they need Jesus. He's the only answer. He's the, he, there's no other way. It's only Him, Christ alone. Let's stand together.